Okay, cool. So we're back this week. How was your week? <laughs> That's a little rough of a start, it's I think. It's kind of a rough start. Yeah, it's a really but, rough start. Uh, this is our second take. Third. Our, our, our third take. Third take. <laughs> our son, Renton, he, he came in here and he was touching on the mic while we were doing our first one. And we, can't we had to seem... cut it short, you know, so. And we also just can't seem to figure out how to smoothly start one of these no. things. <laughs> no. So. But uh, congratulations to us for showing up. Here we yeah. are again. Here we are. Um, so we were we were talking throughout the week about parenting and jobs and I wrote this new uh, format for the show and you've kind of been adding to it but uh, the beginning question is your week how was it how was your week yeah yeah I think well so a moment that stood out to me this week was that um, we had a series of very particular meltdowns in the house that were a little uncharacteristic I think um and I, I kind of just had the inspiration from a book that I read that um, I think we needed to, to take the TV out of the living room for a little bit uh, and all the associated um, kind of media devices that went with it, such as the video games and such. So you woke up uh, Tuesday morning with the TV in, in the office where you were sleeping. So yeah. how did that feel? You know, to be totally honest, I was pretty happy. Yeah. I was pretty happy that you moved the TV. Because you were like, uh, why is the TV in here? <laughs> I, have, I have an admission that I'm willing to make publicly. I don't like that you don't like TV. Yeah. I don't like that you don't like video games and TV and shows. But I know this and you know this. And we flourish and, and we're, we're great. You know, like you, you have your ideals and I have my ideals when it comes to media, N not consumption, I guess, but just the, even the idea of having a television. If it were up to me, I'd have a 55 inch, 60 inch TV in the living room. Yeah. yeah and yeah. after dinner time, we'd put on a movie every night. Yeah. And we'd watch and, and laugh and play games and stuff. And I think that's, I think that's what the average household does. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's what the average, because like most, most houses I go to have big TVs. Yeah. So all that to say, when I woke up and I saw the TV in my room, I was like, hey, that's great. <laughs> you know, like we only have one TV. It's a 32 inch. It was given to us by Dave Leathers, the guy that I promote on the podcast, actually. Uh, well, we had a much bigger one, but it broke. Yeah, we had a bigger one. It broke. Um, but yeah, he, he gifted us this TV and it, you know, it's small compared to most <laughs> people. It's small, but 32 inches is perfect for this little room. It's, it's perfect. So I will, you know, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I got my switch hooked up to it and yeah. Yeah, I'm going to hook up the original Xbox. I might do some original halo. Like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it. And so selfishly, it makes me a little happy. Well, I in my in my defense, I am not against TV and video games as much as is is uh it might sound. I'm uh I'm I'm very I'm very protective of the exposure of those items to small children. That's that's kind of my yeah kind of my my soapbox, I guess. And it's that, in content does matter, but from what I understand, it's not even necessarily about the content. It's that they could be doing something that's better for them. No, no, I'm no, because I grew up watching movies every single night with my family. I think there's a lot of a lot a lot of good in that, especially what, I, what you're watching. But what I mean is, instead of watching a movie, you could be drawing. No, I no, I think really? I think I think family time is good. I think maybe you've misunderstood what I was where I'm going with that. I think that that movie time and family time, even every night, might be good depending on what you're watching. When we watch the whole. Little House on the Prairie series. We watched uh, all the like great. There's great TV shows from the 70s, like the whole Mission Impossible series. Emergency. The whole emergency that that I set me on a career I path really that I would show never. Emergency to little kids. Oh, though. that's not graphic in any way. I think it's a great show to show to little kids. Really, like yeah, people absolutely. in distress like that. Oh uh, yeah. Blood and no, they don't even see blood on emergency. It's there's a woman who has her toe stuck in a bathtub faucet. Like that's just that's <laughs> like if anyone knows emergency, that is one of the wanna, shows that everybody watches. That. Well, she did because because uh, don't, get, don't get don't get me on this bunny trail. Okay, don't get me 
But in 1971, the United States passed that an, an act. Oh, God, I can't remember the name of it now. That basically started the ball rolling for the fact that nobody knew who to call when there was an emergency. Because before that, there was no 911. There was no 911. And, and specifically for medical emergencies, you would call anyone from the funeral home who could transport you in a hearse to a doctor who may or may not come to your house to the direct line to the hospital. You had no one to call. Emergency changed the nation in terms of there's a number to call and there's actually medically trained people who show up. And so there was a lot of in, insecurity, basically, in, on, on, on when to call the number, who who would come. Blah, blah, blah. So, well, you, yes, you there know, was comedy you know who, introduced to that You as know well. who Toe Lady has turned into today? Who? The frequent flyers. No, well, not necessarily. The people who are like, I'm calling every day for Be- the free tuna sandwich. <laughs> because people didn't know how to use 911 to begin with. And there's yeah. people that were still dying because they didn't call when they should have. So, it's a great show. But, yeah, a lot of my life was changed from watching that show. So, I think that television can be very beneficial for, for a family. Uh, you spend time watching really great constructive things. That's great. Yeah. Um, I just, I think specifically um, being careful what you monitor with them. Uh, I think specifically it was the video games that kind of did it because I think that uh, who, uh, who was it? Uh, it was with the iPhone, right? That, that, the, the creator of the iPhone said that he, he Steve made, Jobs? yeah, he made the iPhone to be, addictive basically right didn't he just come out and say that that he wanted the experience of the iphone to be similar to using drugs no they're meant to be addicting yeah like they are like my nintendo switch renton has gotten really good at zelda that's a complicated game well i mean wild it's you have you can cook in that game and you can fight enemies i was beating virtual bard at four years old he's whipping it kids he he goes up to death mountain and he knows the outfit to wear so that he doesn't burn up it's pretty cool but they're meant to be addictive and i don't think young children can can manage that type of feeling you know but the but the type of the type of emotional outburst I was seeing before and after video games were in use was very uncharacteristic and, and very severe, very severe, those you, emotional outbursts. Do you think kids are better off without it? Um, Ulti- like all, on an ultimate scale? I don't know. I don't from, know. From, from taking a family that grew up without any television and a family that grew up with television and they had the same life, do you think one would, would be better off than the other? I think it depends. My mom said that I would play The Lion King for like hours. The Super hours. Nintendo version or the Genesis version? You, you, you know we had a Genesis. We never had a Super Nintendo. We, we had a Sega Genesis. I, I would play for hours. And, and the, the, the difficult part about those games early on is that you would get to, let's say, like the, the volcanic lava level, right? And you would only have two lives left and you would lose them. And the game starts you from the damn beginning. Yeah. Right. So then guess what? The hours you put into getting there, it starts all over again. Right. And so my mom said she'd watch me die and die and die again and die again and maybe not even get as far as I got the first time. And I would just start over. And she said she would get more pissed off than I would (laughs) at my peril of having to start over. But like. Did that build a sense of patience into me or was I already a patient child? You know, and so I mean, I don't know. I mean, exactly. It it could teach you. You could even argue it could make you more angry. Or those things. If I have the personality of just like throwing the joystick across the carpet, would that have happened too? which wouldn't have gotten very far? Because at that point they were still corded to the device yeah but, but people threw plenty of but you know plenty of controllers through the boob tube and so so the thing is like is i i think it depends on the child i yeah. think i think specifically our child wasn't responding well to things that would take place on the video game and especially getting off of it and i think that as parents that's what you have to be you know in tune to sure right yeah and as as someone who loves games myself more than loves them. You were raised. I lived them on video. I no, lived video you were games literally raised right by them and with them. I think more yeah. than maybe the average child. Sure. You know, my mom. You know, she's a single parent, working a full time job with four boys at home. So there's a lot of unsupervised time. Your introduction was young and it was deep. 
very, very deep. Most of your childhood is defined by the video games. Yeah, exactly. That you played. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's seeing as someone who loves video games, it's interesting because my son will wake up and the first thing he'll say is, can we play the Switch? The very first words out of his mouth, yeah. And it's conflicting as a parent because looking at my son as just a human being i want to just play video games with him mm-hmm. um i want to jump on the switch first thing in the morning well and studies show hand-eye coordination and the use oh, sure. of the use of figure like the problem solving are there benefits i unarguably un- oh, sure i would agree are. that there are I'm some sure benefits there are that you know that you know they talk about the lining the lining of of your brain well there's i can't remember the name of the the organ not the organ but there's a portion of your brain that that uh memorizes and and keeps memory mm-hmm. um he, i guess an example of it would be you don't know to turn left on grove street but you know to turn left at the denny's okay yeah so your brain remembers, you see the Denny's, you turn left, you, and you, you go three blocks, you turn right, you're going to be home. Yeah, it's muscle memory. You don't know the street name. You yeah. couldn't even describe it, really, unless you talked about the Denny's. Well, I mean, a piano player might not be able might not be able to tell you every note they played in the song they memorized, but they could sit down and play the song for you. There are there are studies that say that that part of your brain is, is being worked out when you're playing video games. Yeah, I'm sure it the is. The portion that... Uh, that strengthens memory so well there's undoubtedly benefits to it i'm sure sure, but there's drawbacks too well lots of drawbacks and so what what is parenting but constantly weighing the pros and cons right Right. to each individual child as a gamer and i don't have time to game as much i really don't i i don't think you can call yourself a gamer anymore because you hardly ever game it breaks my heart but as someone who loves video games, I want my child to experience the same stories that I experience. There are great stories and great game video games out there that I learned a lot of morals and ethics from that are good. And I want my kids to experience those things too. Yeah, but of course. With that comes addiction and a lack of exercise and it's bad uh, for your eyes. Yeah, you could argue it makes you less creative. I don't really know if I believe that because as a as a child, I spent a lot of time imagining new worlds and I remember as a third grader I used to draw maps. Wow, that's pretty cool. I enjoy I really enjoyed it. I, I yeah. would draw rivers and streams and mountains and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz I'd look at video game maps like in let you know, A Link to the Past or 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 you know, Sim City or something, but, you know. But but could a book have been equally as inspiring to you? Reading the you importance know. of the importance of books wasn't pushed in my household. Yeah. So I never had the opportunity to embrace books my mom had plenty of books we ripped them up so she yeah, kept never, them from us yeah you never really read much as a kid then huh right so the school would do these stars reading tests these state-sponsored reading tests where you'd have to read harry potter and the philosopher's stone yeah yeah and you'd have to do the 20 question the state-sponsored 20 question test on on the philosopher's stone yeah, yeah and we would there was no google back then but you know you you just watch the movie yeah and you're like yeah, okay yeah, you know yeah. i know, you know yeah, oh, yeah. what house did harry potter end up in when the when the hat was put on his head oh in the movie it was gryffindor so i bet in the book it was gryffindor yeah 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 so yeah. So, you know, I, I did read maybe not a lot, but I read a fair amount as a kid. And I remember living in the worlds of the books that I would read. I read the Laura Ingalls series, and I think they were some of the most influential books on me, in me, uh, for me. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. <laughs> uh, and so I would feel like like I would stand outside in our backyard in the, and we lived we grew up in the country a little bit and just live in the world of the pioneer days. I was enamored at the idea of living out of a wagon and and growing up on the prairie and having 
you know, to, to, to be, be completely surviving off the land. It was just, I'm still enamored by that idea today. I think it's incredible. So, mm -hmm. so would I have been more or less inspired by video games or would you have been more coming from, you know, video games or books, you know, they might, sure you might've responded the same to books. Maybe, you know? maybe, but video games so, are so, the so easy. The, the <laughs> video, they're meant to be addicting. Like you said, they're meant to. Well, and so Nintendo yeah. is banking on kids being addicted. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so because they're a company at the end of the day, they're a company that wants to make money. So for our family and it, it being the one, I, I, I think I'd put it out there. I'm with the kids a lot more than you are at this point in our lives, totally. just because of the ridiculous hours that you have to work and sleep, you know, during the day. Um, I, I had the, I, you know, we had a, a quite a few severe emotional outburst in a 12 hour period. And I, I was very distraught in after dropping them off at school that, that, that his, the meltdowns didn't stop, um, even at school. Uh, and, and I just felt like, you know what, maybe this is a point where they seem centered on the, on the video games. And I think they needed to maybe take a break for a while. And so I, I took the TV out and I took the, the video games out and, and you woke up to that and, and you were extremely, uh, um, accepting and embraced my, my sure. philosophy and my idea behind it. Uh, and it's, it's not to say that there's no video games or movies, but, uh, um, you know, we agreed that, that the movies would be, and the video games would be with us entirely. You know, Here, so. Here's how I see it as a parent. You only have so much time with your kids. Yeah. So you shouldn't shy away from experimentation. Who keeps making that noise? I don't know. I'm wondering if Adelaide is outside the door. That's what I was thinking. I heard that. I don't know. I, it must be coming from in here. I don't oh, know. Maybe it's Renton. Let, let me open the door. Let me see. And two, two of the kids keep, are sleeping keep, on the bed. Keep the listeners entertained while I go do this. <laughs> um, anyway, so I got rid of the, the TVs in the office and we're going, we've agreed that, no, she's not out there, that will, um, that like today, Renton played video games for the first time in a week uh, because he was playing them with you. And I think that that's, that's right. maybe the core, like if you're trying to go for bonding with your kids over video games, that's how it's done. I think doing it with them. So you shouldn't shy away from experimentation. We had a TV in the living room and a Nintendo Switch hooked up to it and our Chromecast so we could cast movies and stuff. And we tried it and the kids responded negatively more so than positively. Yeah. So who am I to say you can't take the TV out? Yeah. Because one, they're your kids too. Yeah. So you can raise them how you want to raise them. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you get to decide that whether I like it or not. And well, I get the same luxury, whether well, I like it or not, whether you like it or not, I can impart on them lessons. Yeah. So who am I really to say no, the TV, excuse me, the TV has to stay in the living room. Yeah. Oh, the video games have to stay. I don't mind that that he wakes up and immediately says, I want to play video games. No, I mean, you know, and they're happier. Objectively, that might not be bad, but and they're happier right now. What without them? You think? Yeah, without them. You think I so? think they're happier. I really do. It's been a couple of days. I I would say that, but I think I'm biased. You know, I want them to be happier. So yeah, somebody who seeing. considers myself a lover of video games, it pains me to say it, but I see their the quality well, of life that they I'll have, and I think, hey, that's great. Yeah. Like, they're the they're playing more. And they're laughing. They're playing outside. They're riding their bikes more. It, it, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It is nice. It's good for them. Yeah. Now I think video games are important. They're important for me. Yeah, yeah. So they're important to me. So I want when when Renton comes of age, I would like to play Chrono Trigger with him or yeah. a long, drawn out twenty, thirty, forty, fifty hour role playing game. I'd like to do those things with him. Right yeah. now, it's a little early. He ha he he has the attention span of a silver dollar, but <laughs> but yeah, I you know I, I I would I would love to impart some of those some of those lessons that I learned as a kid from playing Earthbound or you know some other long long form kind of video game. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. so to move on to to saying, you know, what's a what's a lesson I think that we got from this week? I was I was telling you that I I think it, it kind of struck me when I did take out the video games that you know, our family has very slowly been moving in this direction of of having a an environment that I I want to create I want to create a very rhythmic environment in our in our day-to-day life mm-hmm. with the kids, you know, because our kids go to a Waldorf school and so if you don't know what that is, it's it's a very unique uh, school. Someone said to me, "Is it is it like a Montessori school?" And I'm like, "Yeah, kind of, and not at all. <laughs> uh, cause, cause it's maybe like Montessori in that it's it's different in the way that they model things, but they're they're extremely extremely different, extremely imagination based, extremely creative, uh, uh, song led, and 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 more than anything, emotion driven, and and they base everything they do with the kids based on the development they believe the kids are going yeah. through at that time." So they think up until the age of seven, kids are going through mostly a physical development. And so you can reach them in a physical way. And so the kids are, are very physical in school all day long. So they bake bread or they're climbing and playing outside. or And, and Waldorf takes it as far as having all the toys in their classroom are um, is, is open-ended as possible. It's- so. It's so, kind of hippie. It's extremely it's, it's hippie. Like it's hippie the crunchiest dippy. school you could think of. It's it's so crazy. I mean, the, the the blocks in their classroom are pieces of of tree limbs that they've been sanded, you know, to be soft and smooth. Because the more open ended those tree limbs can be, the better. So one tree limb could be a phone, another tree limb could be a bridge. Like like they don't have like square, really cubed blocks. They have blocks of different shapes and sizes because that's as open. Now a true Waldorf, like like the the oldest Waldorf model would say that the dolls don't even have faces on them because if you put a face on a doll, the, the kid can't then imagine what the face of the doll is. Like, that's just a good example of it's all imagination. Does, um, does sending your kids to this school, our kids to this school, does it make you feel pretentious in any way? No, it makes me feel like I like it. Does it make you feel like you're you're so privileged that you're taking it too far? I, I don't think so. I think it's different and it's kind of like a social experiment, although Waldorf's been around for over 100 years now, that we're going to see play out in our own children. Will it make a difference that, that we that we put them in the school? I don't know. But I, I've i learned a lot from this school. I think that Waldorf isn't just a form of education. It's a way of life. Uh, and and this, this idea that imagination ranks higher than even um, education, especially at this age, might actually be true. You know, yeah. who, who were some of the who were some of the world changers in terms of 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 geniuses? You know, they they were incredibly smart, but they more so they were incredibly imaginative. How do you change the world? Sure. You can be as smart as you want. But if you don't have the imagination to come up with the solutions, are you going to get anywhere? Einstein didn't no. don't don't they say he never even finished high school, but his, his sense of imagination was without limit, you know, and so. So, so it, I, I try to create a home for our kids that's extremely imaginative, um, and and also they, they center everything on on a harm very harmonious environment. So we sing throughout the day, and does that sound very crunchy? It is, but it we is do crunchy. we we do sing a lot throughout the day. We sing during cleanup time. We sing during breakfast time. We sing. You hear me singing. It gets a little awkward sometimes because I feel like you come home and you just hear me off tune singing this stuff all day long it does kind of feel like i walked onto the set of the old wicker man <laughs> don't say or that like, <laughs> but or you know like uh, the other extreme is like midsummer yeah you know yeah, like yeah, you yeah. walk in and everyone's happy we're and like smiley, chanting these things you know seriously wrong in the air and you can smell it you're like oh, <laughs> what is that <laughs> i don't think you it's know? that bad no, I, I don't think so either. I, and as Waldorf is concerned, it's a wonderful education style. For it's sure. A, it's a wonderful education system. Miles better than public school. Uh, well, I think Miles so. Miles so. better. I think so because they're not rigid with the kids in, in any way. They're allowing the kids to develop and they're listening to what the child needs. Yeah. Right? There's no there's no like cookie cutter. You have to meet this. Right? In a way, they're listening to the child. You know. Yeah, there, there are there are a couple of things. It's a that very I, gentle environment. There are a couple of things that I disagree with in Waldorf, definitely. Well, we don't but, have to go down the Waldorf no, trail today. No, we don't. This could but, be hours long. Yeah, exactly. But 
what I will say is it's it's the best education style I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, there are things I like about public school. Yeah. In mo most of public school isn't good. Government-sponsored public school is not a it's, good way to educate. It's too cookie cutter. It's, it's way too cookie cutter for a lot of kids. It, it, it leaves a couple of kids... It leads a couple of kids down the path to success, mm -hmm. and the majority of children defend for themselves. It, that's a great way of putting it. I think. You know, yeah. it, it, the intentions are good. You know, it's a huge job to educate the people of this country, the children yeah. of this country. A yeah, huge, of course, huge yeah. job. It's so monumental, and I would chalk up the failure to skirting responsibility. Especially I mean, just, as parents. I mean, I didn't go to public school, but I, I, I did. I would say almost just straight up an ability. I don't think the teacher is able to meet everyone's no. needs the way they need no, to be No, I was, you know, in public school, I was put on an IEP, an independent education plan, because I was considered slow. Yeah. The teachers thought, oh, well, I can't give him personal attention. He's not understanding things. We're going to send him to the special yeah, class yeah, with yeah. Ms. Frito. She was great, Ms. Frito. Yeah. And it was awesome. <laughs> I'm in the special, not special ed class, but just a step above that. So it's, you know, I feel pretty good about myself. But I get along with all the students. I get along with all the teachers. If I don't understand a problem in algebra or science or yeah. communications, yeah. so, well, I don't really understand a, uh, how to use a, um, a colon or a semicolon. Miss Frito would be there, and she'd say, "Well, let me break it down for you." Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, I feel like every oh, kid dude, needs Frito, that. Doesn't every best. kid need to be met where they are in their education?" In, and yet, in, you were you were given a label for that, which is also frustrating. Right. So, in, in regular communications class, you'd have your textbook, and you'd read about a semicolon and a colon, and you were and supposed to get it. The teacher would write an example on the blackboard. Yeah. And she'd say, "Okay, I want you to do drills. I want you to write." three examples of semicolons and then yeah. we're going to move on to commas yeah and then we're going to move on to exclamation points and then we're going to move on to da 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 da, yeah. da 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 and then you get to your test and you're like i don't really remember how to do the semicolon <laughs> and then you get a bad grade on semicolon and then they just keep on going well you also didn't probably have the after school help that you needed either to do your homework no. and learn yeah no. so so there it, it's a multifaceted problem but sure. i guess to to bring it to bring it back we're hitting so many bunny trails this could be so it's hours funny. long um so why why do i think us not having a tv is working because i think we've been slowly moving towards a home that can support a tv free lifestyle uh modeled after the school that they go to i wouldn't say tv free TV limited, TV very limited. limited. Well, TV, TV free. What I mean by TV free is that there's no TV that's the center of our house, right? Because what does what does probably every almost every living room in America have in the center of it? All the furniture is aimed towards the TV. TV, right? And so now our living room has this awkward empty spot, and the mm -hmm. center of the entertainment center, there's nothing there. So that's what I mean by TV free. It's not the center of our home. We gotta anymore, find right? something to put there. The, the living room doesn't have a Maybe TV in it. Maybe even get rid of the entertainment center. And so it, you may put another couch. And I don't know something, but um, I think it's working for us right now. It is because because I read this incredible book. I would put a link in the show notes if you can called Sim can. Simplicity Parenting. Right? Simplicity Parenting. And, Who's it by? Oh, shoot, I don't remember the name. Simplicity I bought parenting. it. I bought it on. I bought it not knowing that he would draw a lot of his stuff back to Waldorf, which was kind of surprising cool. to me. I, I read it, and he says a lot of what I'm saying here comes from a Waldorf mindset of putting imagination first putting the child's creativity first um and so he said that the biggest piece of information i could give to any parent life-changing take all of your children's toys that probably are ankle deep across their bedroom floor and put them all in a pile he said cut that pile in half and get rid of it cut that pile in half again and just now start deciding what's going in storage and then and then like and kind of what's going to be left out and then Cut, cut, maybe cut that in half again, right? Like basically, I forget all the little pieces, but cut it in half, cut it in half, cut it in half. Leave in their room like like 10 different things, right? Maybe a basket of blocks, a basket of this. Sure. Have everything else in storage. And Do that with the books. We need to preface this with the fact that our children are toddlers. 
No, he says for all kids, like I don't, all ages. I don't Maybe know not if high school. It'll work for Maybe teenagers. not high school. No, no, no. Of course not high school. You can't do that in high <laughs> you school, can't right? Walk in and take no, posters no. off the wall. No, no, no. But but basically, at the age where they have toys in their room, not stuff, yeah. but toys in their room, this is what you need to do. Okay. And then he says, books. Don't we have our kids have access to seventy five books at a time? They're just going to shred them, right? Give That's them access did. to like five books, right? Because what's the key with kids? Less is more, less is more, less is more. So if you came into our house, my kid's room has, what is it? Like two baskets mm -hmm. that have toys in them, a kitchen set that has food in it. And uh, maybe a, they have one of those uh, Ikea cube shelves, right? That's on, that's on That lays horizontally across the floor. Yeah. And so on the shelf is like their Buzz, their buzz Lightyear and their Woody, um, their two baskets of toys, a couple large items like a truck or whatever. And then two of the cubes have like five books each. And that's it. So they can clean their room every night before bed. They're constantly able to play in their room. And uh, and 95% of our kids' stuff is in our bedroom, highly organized in bins, right? And so because of this, all throughout the day, I can just rotate toys. Okay, we're right. going to take out the magnetile and put in the train set. Now we're going to take out the train set and put in the Lincoln Logs. And our kids are kind of, I think, thriving on that. Like you were saying, they're playing more. <laughs> because we've been moving in that direction for maybe a few years now. And so I think this was kind of the cherry on top to saying we can get off TV because we have an environment that's allowing them to play constantly. And when it works, when this system works, it works really, I think really so. well. I think so. And it works for a while. I'm, yeah, yeah. But they're still toddlers. Oh, for they're sure. still kids. Oh, my gosh. Still I lose breakdowns. my mind when they, they get into still, our room yeah, they, and they start they dumping all those bins. mess it up. Oh, my God. Just I lose my mind. messy, messy, messy. Like, They'll I don't want destroy anyone to all think, the organization I've had. <laughs> I don't want anyone to think that we send our kids to Waldorf school and we only have wood toys and... And they're they're always neat and well dressed and clean. Yeah, no, and not at all. Well behaved, and we pat them on the head and send them off to bed, and they oh, wake no, up at seven o'clock. Oh no, we have meltdowns, and we meltdown ourselves. And our houses, we go to bed. So the, the, does their bedroom get cleaned every night? Yes, it does. Does the rest of the house a disaster? Yes, it is. Yeah. You just said that. You said which Garrett has never, never complained to me about the state of the house. But we were talking just a little while ago that the house is not clean when he comes home in the morning. Here's the thing. When when I was single, my house was immaculate. My apartment Your was a dorm room was immaculate. immaculate. Every other freaking day, I'd be like, "What'd you do? Oh, I clean my dorm room. Didn't you do that every like yesterday? Yeah, I know. What did you clean? Yeah, you have to dust. <laughs> you are a neat I, freak. I'm a dusting. I'm, I'm a never, dusting fiend. I've never known a man that dusts. He dusts. Du used to uh, past you know, tense. You I'm dusted. Pretty particular about my house being clean oh yeah you know before college when i had my apartment and in college in my dorm room you had issues with roommates because they wouldn't be clean yeah so so you'd clean you would clean after them wouldn't you well it's easier than than arguing than about arguing being clean about yeah, it. yeah yeah because i'm like okay so so the dishes are are in the sink I'm just going to do them. Yeah. Because I don't want to have a conversation with Zach about how he doesn't clean his dishes. That's that's a nine on the Enneagram whisper. Like, yeah. hint, hint. That's a nine. They don't rock the boat. They just suck it up, and which it's is fine. sad. And it's, and it's fine because, like, when I have guests over, I want them to see that I'm a good steward of my house. Yeah. And I never dated before you, mm -hmm. but I always had this idea that <laughs> girls will come by and they'll see how clean the house is and they'll like, be like oh. you have the car and this is when smartphones were a really big deal like oh yeah, yeah, smartphones. yeah you have the car you have the touchscreen phone your apartment is clean wow have my baby <laughs> so uh, uh, you know a piece of me was like oh that's pretty cool i guess i don't know if i ever told you this but i did I did in the back of my mind. It was a bonus that you were very neat and yeah. very cleanly when we were dating. I always it, it meant a lot to me. So too. walking into my house and seeing half-eaten slices of bread sitting under in a the chair, carpet, under yeah. a chair. There's a there's. <laughs> I a, don't know how it got there. There's a half-eaten under the chair. I'm sitting. Yeah, the chair I don't. They're not on. even allowed in this office. So I don't know how the they. <laughs> I don't know how it but got somehow, there. I bet if I touch it, it'll crust into a thousand pieces. Yeah, probably. It's probably been there a long time, but it that really gets. Or I'll like, I'll look at the baseboards. I'm looking at the baseboards right now. 
Oh yeah, don't look at the baseboards. Dust. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, I have my big three. Okay, dust. ready? It's a dining room table. It gets cleaned after every meal. I will not have old plates of food on the table. So most of the kitchen counters will be cleaned Tell off. Tell to the oatmeal pot. <laughs> what oatmeal pot? <laughs> this morning. There you left. There was an oatmeal pot on the kitchen. You know what? This morning. You know what? It was I woke there up all day. You know what? I woke up this morning and I was very frustrated by that. I have to say, you you got me in a corner here. That that's probably the first time in months, if You're not right. a year. You're right. That that you has right. ever happened. You're, but the reason that happened, that, that the reason that happened is because I left the house at nine o'clock yesterday morning and I didn't get back till ten o'clock at night. And so we ran out of the house to get to school on time, and that was it. And that's never happened before. Yeah. That's so, never happened. So listeners, don't think we have this oh perfectly yeah no if you came over life. to our house right now i'd be kind of embarrassed the, like always toddlers are toddlers oh it's insane and you have breakdowns as a parent every day you find you your what works for you all the time and you know what if you know what's going to work for your family and you have like like what it is like be consistent in that because yeah. that was my that was my big lesson this week when we took the tv out is it hit me that in parenting it's not one big thing that's going to change your home or one big event or one big decision. It's going to be a thousand little decisions that are consistent and that's for better or for worse. So like, like it's not, it's not that we took the TV out. It's that I meticulously keep their toys in our bedroom and that I'm constantly like reorganizing them. I'm constantly giving them new toys. I'm constantly and having them clean up their bedroom every night before bed. We sing our song and we clean up the bedroom every night, right? So it's those, it's not just doing it once. It's doing again and again and again. And not only does that create in them a sequence, a rhythm, because that's kind of what Waldorf's all about, right? The rhythm that they actually begin to fall into on their own. It's not a fight to clean the bedroom every night when you do it every night. If you if you stick right. to it and you do it every night. Maylene, what did Maylene say when we got home today? Tonight? I don't um, remember. You remember? She, she came to me and she's like, Mom, look, my room's not even that messy. It's oh, almost yeah. already clean. Didn't she say that? And my she room's, had no problem she's cleaning like, my, that up. She's like, my room is almost already clean, she said. And, and she she did it months. by herself. That's she, months And of, that's again of, and again. So you pick you pick your few. And the first thing we do when we get up every morning, which you wouldn't see this because you're asleep, but the very first thing we do, we walk out of bed, we walk to the hallway, their dresser's in the hallway, right? And they open up their dresser drawers and they get dressed every single morning it's the first right. we sing our dress-up song we sing our brushing teeth and our brushing hair song this morning i couldn't do that because i was taking a spanish class malin got dressed by herself right three years old but it was a thousands of times doing this with them it feels sure. like right and i feel like it's also for better and for worse right so if, sure. if i have one massive blow up at the kids but it's like once in a blue moon i don't think that's going to define them or define me Right. right. So if I do one big good thing for our kids or one big thing that I'm not proud of, I don't think those big things are what define their childhood. You see, yeah. what, I'm, you see what I'm saying? I think it's going to be the, the, th the little things again and again and again. Right. It's not going to be telling Renton once that we think he's smart. It's going to be telling him every single day, affirming him, sure. building him up, encouraging every single day, telling them that we love them. Not just one big declaration that we love them, right? I don't even know what that would look like, but you know what I mean, right? And I feel like I, I'll, I'll leave listeners with this: you need to find that thing that keeps you wanting to parent and keeps you wanting to be a good spouse. Oh yeah. For me, for me, that happens to be coffee and video games, and you, you got to check yourself. You, you know. You, you, you got to say, oh, what what do I need to do in order to continue to want to be a good husband for, for my sake? What, you know, what is going to make me want to continue to push on to be a good husband? OK, I need a little bit of alone time. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. or for you, it could be I just need an hour at a cafe. I need yeah. to go to a cafe and sit and get some tea and and just do the budget or whatever i think i think when you say what makes me want to be a good husband obviously there's aren't times when you don't want to be but i think you're you're speaking more to the mental health of things right yeah yeah like like doing those little things a thousand times over to make sure your your children grow up with an understanding of what's good mm -hmm. and what what will benefit them and benefit other people it's so draining Oh, absolutely. You really that need consistency, that time. man. That's, like that's tough. Like this podcast, like this podcast, for example, 
I'm probably not going to sleep tonight. (laughs) I love doing this podcast and, and it's fun and it makes me feel like I'm a professional and it really helps. So I parent and I teach the kids lesson lessons and I start to lose my temper. And I think to myself, what do I need to do in order to explain things to them and be patient with them? Oh yeah. Gotta be patient. What things can I do to want to do those things, to not lose sight on those things? Because if I lose sight on those things, I'm just going to blow up at them. Oh, when it's the 15th crying fit and it's not even 10 a.m. Oh my gosh. It's so hard. (laughs) I love that joke that Louis CK has years ago. It's an old joke, but he says, imagine if adults did what kids do when they're upset. <laughs> oh, God. You're all, hang- you're all hanging out and you're ready to go to the restaurant. And you're like, we can't go to the restaurant. Well, why not? Well, Bob doesn't want to put on his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to put on his shoes. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. You know, right? it's just like. And you just want to scream at. Oh, my. You just want to pick them up and I put think... them in the car seat and be like, you're going. There's no shoes. Sorry. Sorry. No shoes. That's the way it is. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. And, and you feel you feel the scream in the middle of your back go up your spine yeah. into your cerebral cortex, and you're like, oh, you know? I think I think God made kids to teach us patience. Like honestly, yeah. I don't know. Like if you don't have children and you feel like you have a high level of patience, I'd like to know how you got that because I think kids have this special ability of grading on you long enough to still smile through it, which. One thing I think Waldorf has is the, the constant singing. There is a Mary Poppins kind of sound of music effect when the go the day is going to hell, but you pull out a song. It does do something. Yeah. It's like that spoonful of sugar. Somehow singing does help me. And I don't know. And it's not like I'm singing with my teeth gritted either. It's a song that I enjoy and I do sing it with them and it kind of brings cool things down. I don't know. That's a tidbit. Maybe I'm just weird and crunchy. There's, I am weird and crunchy. There is science behind that. There's but is definitely there? science behind uh, that. I didn't even know that. Definitely. I just know that like we do sing before every meal and throughout the day. Somehow it makes a difference. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know. But cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's a really good place to leave the episode. Okay. So Yeah, we've talked we've talked. Yeah, we've we're forty two minutes in. That's so. awesome. So I guess I guess um I feel like there's one more point I had floating around in my brain. Yeah, I don't know. It's the thousand little things, whether yeah, whether you're a parent or not. Things. I think that the little things are sure. what matter. And and you need to find that thing that keeps you centered and wanting to continue. Because if you don't want to continue, your kids are going to suffer and you're going to suffer. That was the point. Just what you just said. You have to be enjoying this. Yeah. If you're not enjoying it, there's like you better find something to make you enjoy it. Yeah, because then you're gonna it, be miserable. Because, like I said, the 32 inch TV sitting in here, mm-hmm. I feel like I have a little bit more of myself with this 32 inch <laughs> TV in, in your office. Like, if I'm having a bad day, and 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 you're like, oh, I'll t- I'll take the kids. You just sit in your office. Yeah. I can go in the office. I can I can turn on a video game or yeah. whatever, and I'm like. <sighs> All of a sudden, nothing matters anymore. And and to get through the things that you don't like, yeah. find the find a way to enjoy it. You yeah. know, like I was listening to a, a Waldorf but, podcast. But, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Um, you do that so that you can be a good parent. Absolutely. You do that so that you can be a good husband. Absolutely. You don't do that to run away from those things. No, no. You don't. No. You don't run into the office to play video games. Yeah, on your to TV run away from the wife because and you're the kids. like, I can't take this anymore. I don't like those people. <laughs> because there are times, many times, when I look at the kids, I look at you, I look at myself, and I'm like, I don't like any of these people. I don't like me. I don't like her. I don't like the kids. I'm removing myself from oh, the situation. Oh, Four kids is, you know a, what I mean? is a trial so of its, its own. Like, it's okay to have those feelings. It really is okay. But you have those things in place, the things that you enjoy, so that so that you can be a good parent. Yeah, it gives you that You know, like my coworker, air. he loves fishing and he loves boating. Yeah, yeah. And he happens to have the income to be able to do those things. So he sits there out in Otai Lakes, you know, outside San Diego, and he has his grill and he brings his kids. You know, if he has a hard day, he puts his kids in the boat and he just goes out in the middle of the lake and he has the music going and the grill and the yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yep, yeah, we're just relaxing. And I'm like, wow, that's great. And that 
makes him a better parent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it makes him a better parent. It's not that he's running away from his family. It's that he's finding that thing to say, okay, this gives me the motivation to keep trying. Exactly. You know. Keep up that consistency. Keep that consistency so that you can do those little things. Because you're not going to enjoy that consistency all the time. But the outcome of it, I promise you, is worth it. When your three-year-old dresses herself and cleans her bedroom by himself, we deserve a medal. For yeah, that. I was flabbergasted. <laughs> you deserve a medal. You know, I've but been like this whole time. But but yeah, and so and like I was listening to Waldorf podcast when she was saying, you know, oh the importance of your rhythm, your rhythm, your rhythm. But then she took a step back and she's like, if you're not enjoying this and finding a way to have fun with your kids, laughing with your kids, singing with your kids, being goofy with them, if you're not building space into your day to just enjoy your place in life right now with your kids, this means nothing. Right. You can't you can't do a rhythm with your kids and sing to your kids if you're doing it with your teeth gritted. Right. You can't you're not no one's going to benefit from that. Yeah. Right. So you have to find a way to be enjoying this. Right. Make your day loose and relaxed. Build in time to just be goofy and have fun. Right. To make a mess and leave that mess in the living room floor because it's not going to ruin their day. And you don't let it ruin yours. Right. If that mess is on the living room floor. Enjoy it. I think that's the most important part. Somebody told me the other day. And it really stuck with me. One of the 7-Eleven owners, I was delivering at my job, and uh, one of the 7-Eleven people Seven elevers. Seven elevers. <laughs> he said, at the end of the day, a piece of you is dead. So every day comes with, with a death hmm. of yourself. Yeah. And, and it really stuck with me. Because I look at that and I say, if I speed run childhood for my kids and I just get through it. Like you're just wishing it was over? I'm, I wake up every day and I think, whatever gets me through. 13 more years. 13 more years. Whatever <laughs> gets me. If only they were eight, yeah, then it'd be easier. Oh, if only yeah. they were 13, it'd be easier. And I'm just going to just push through. All of those little deaths every single day aren't worth anything. Mm -hmm. They're not. The, the, where did 13 years go? Where did eight years go? Where did five years go? Of me just wishing away the time that I have with them. Mm. Because every, every, like you said, every day is like a death. It's like a little death. Yeah. It's gone. It's, it's gone. I'm never going to get that day back. So mm. I might as well do my very best to make sure that they, they're being raised right and they're being raised well, that they have good morals and ethics, understand what it means to be good, what it means to be bad, what it means to make decisions for themselves and for others. Yeah. If I'm not imparting those things on them, then I'm a failure as a parent. So those people who, those parents who are so tired and at their wits end just and wishing are just it, like, wishing just it get away. through it, just get through it. I can't do this anymore. Just get through it. Just get through it. It's okay to have those thoughts, but it's not okay just to speed run your way through the, through their lives. Well, you're hurting them. You're hurting, you're hurting yourself. yourself. You're mostly, so I feel like you're hurting those, yourself. Those parents who do that, I understand that it's hard. You understand that it's hard. That's hard as hell. It's it's incredibly difficult, but but like you said, you have it's that at that point it's your responsibility to make the changes. Yeah, that'll allow you to enjoy it. Yeah, so I think that's a good place to end. So thanks so much for listening this week, and just like I said the last two episodes, my really good friend Dave Leathers, he's an insurance broker. He'll connect you with any kind of healthcare needs you have for your business or. If you're a family who's looking for healthcare, he's he's awesome. He's a really great guy, really good friend. He was in our wedding. And that's the show. So I hope you guys have a good week. And um, thank you for listening. I hope you guys make good decisions. Thanks. <laughs>